It's time for another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. I am your host, Mr. Vactor, and I am joined by a very special guest. Not only is he of the Animation Fascination podcast, but he's also of the Holdo Maneuver, which is a Star Wars podcast. And the reason why he's on this episode right now is because he is an MCU expert, Mr. Mark. Vibbert! Hey, everyone. Mr. Vibbert, like I said, is an MCU expert. He can tell you every chronological timeline of every movie and every TV show in the history of the Marvel Universe. So it was only right that I pulled him in out of the multiverse, grabbed him. I did a Doctor Strange spell and then deposited him into this universe so he could talk about She-Hulk. Episode 2 superhuman law okay let's read a little synopsis before we get into it jen is hired at a prestigious law firm but must practice as she hulk and rep a complicated client so this was actually the shortest episode from what i've heard out of all of the episodes and it is actually really a real simple premise and plot there's only i would say two halves to this episode there's the family she goes home and sees her family half to the episode. And then there's the abomination half, which entails her getting a new job. Her only, uh, basically they only want her because she's she Hulk. Um, so she gets a new job and has to represent Emil Blonsky, the abomination. So let's ask Mr. Vibbert first, overall, what did you think of this episode, episode two, and especially compared to episode one? Uh, I really liked this episode. This uh, definitely gave a feel, I think, of like what how the rest of the season's gonna kind of go. Uh, like that first episode, that definitely is more of like a uh, setup. Here's what's gonna happen, uh, kind of thing, uh, where it shows how you know she became She-Hulk and whatnot, which I do like. Uh, I, I know that they have said that kind of got shuffled around from being like the eighth episode or so, which I like because that is breaking kind of the formula almost that the Disney plus series have kind of fallen into where that penultimate episode has kind of become like de facto. Here's their backstory episode just before you get to the finale. So this, up, well, this show decided to be like, let's do that in the first episode rather than wait till the second to last episode. So I, I enjoyed that they did that in the first episode and got that out of the way. Uh, and then I do like this though too because it's you know showing you like this is how the rest of the series is going to be set up from here on out. Yeah, because we actually didn't know what the show was going to be after that first initial episode. It was just her origin, how she became She-Hulk. But at the end of it, we were like, okay, what is the actual show going to be? Is it going to be Ally McBeal with superpowers, which is what which what I want. And I think this episode, that's exactly what we got. And I'm going to be a broken record because this show is hitting on all cylinders for me. I've, I've been seeing a ton of bad reviews for the show and a ton of stuff that just didn't make sense to me. All of the comedy is working for me. I'm laughing the entire episode and all of the prim like the, the setup of Ally McBeal with superpowers. That's exactly what I'm getting. So yeah. I it's on pace for this to be my favorite 
show in the history of the MCU. And that's saying something because Loki is my current favorite. So I think She-Hulk is on its way. Um, but is it is it delivering for you so far? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, I know that uh, you haven't seen uh, Orphan Black or that you've seen like the pilot, I believe. Just now. the pilot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I watched that when I was on like years ago. And that's oh. what first made me become a fan of Tatiana Maslany. So when I first heard she was going to be Jennifer Walters in the show, that alone made me excited for She-Hulk. Uh, so it's, it's been fun to see her kind of uh, have some comedic, uh, like different like jokes and right. whatnot in this so far. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And she's just a, a great actor overall. And I loved uh, who they, they cast as her dad in this. <laughs> um, a fellow Mark, uh, albeit spelled with a K, but <laughs> for strangers, uh, we got Mark Lynn Baker as her dad, Morris Walters. Uh, I thought that was great. And uh, I also loved, I kind of, I really like what they're doing with like the, the tag scenes in this mm-hmm. show so far, mm-hmm. because what you would assume would be a tag scene normally is like kind of like within the body of the episode. But then like the tag scenes in this are, are more in the vein of uh, kind of like more of like those comedic tags that, that you get sometimes with the movies. Right. Uh, like, so I, I liked how like this one ended with him, her like doing like all the like the, the chores for her dad and whatnot. So I thought that was, yeah. that was pretty fun. Yeah. So far, like I said, all of the comedy has been perfect for me. So I hope they continue to keep up this pace and this momentum because that's another thing is it's moving at a great pace. Like there's no, never been a slowdown for me. Everything has been either setting up the world or um, some type of humorous uh, plot point. And like you said, Tatiana Maslany proving that she's a heavy hitter as far as acting is concerned. And even the CG, I'm not mad at what I've seen so far. Uh, That very first trailer was a little rough, but in the show itself, I'm not really noticing, you know, it's kind of unfair to compare it to the Hulk CG model just because they've had so many years. Yeah. Um, But I think they did, you know, a fine job as far as portraying this she Hulk, like the female version of the Hulk, making her strong um, and making her like attractive. And she's just like the comics. Just, just the exact same um, characteriz- characteriz- characterization and mannerisms from the comic book. So yeah. I haven't seen any any problems there. Um, you touched on the family aspect of her dad, and I think all that stuff is, is played really well for comedy. Uh, but we also got a call from Bruce Banner, and he his whole thing, besides checking up on her, was basically to tell us that he's off in space and he's going somewhere. And I think we all pretty much know he's going to World War Hulk. Um, There hasn't been anything specifically confirmed yet, but that type of ship and what we saw in in, uh, Thor Ragnarok, it looks like we're getting World War Hulk. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. You watched the animated version of that, right? Or the Planet Hulk. It was Planet Hulk. Yeah, Planet Hulk, yeah. I've yeah. seen that. Uh, um, on the Hulk versus two. 
Yeah. So the World War Hulk storyline, I actually, I don't know how they might, that, that would be pretty large, like to encompass all of that, because you have to have what happens on the, on planet Hulk has to then tie into World War Hulk, where he comes back from outer space, comes back to earth. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see exactly, because a lot of these things are not direct adaptations of the comic storylines, but the comic itself is uh, very interesting. One of the um, one of the most interesting Hulk stories, for sure. And I, I love Greg Puck as a writer, so um, it'll be very interesting to see how they adapt that. But do you have any kind of not expectations, but anything you want to see specifically with Banner and with Mark Ruffalo? Uh, not particularly, uh, but like I know, like they've already kind of semi. Uh, adapted it kind of sort of in Thor Ragnarok right like with what Hulk was doing in that Uh, and I know like they'll do like their own MCU that kind of adaptation of it similar to like how they did with like Civil War and um, Infinity War and Endgame and all that to like those storylines from the the comics Uh, they're all like light versions of it rather than being the direct adaptations of them and I I did like during that scene with uh with Banner on the phone with uh, Jennifer, where there, where she was basically asking him for uh, permission, or just straight up telling him that she was going to take the case with Blonsky, uh, and he's like, I, w- "I was a whole different person back then, literally." So yeah. I liked how they, and then she breaks the fourth wall and looks at the screen, ha ha. Yeah. So I, I like that. Like they finally put a like a a hat on that because then you know they already did that like way back in iron man 2 with with don Cheadle and war machine there right so it's it's funny when they kind of can like poke at fun at themselves a tiny bit with like recasting a little bit and stuff like that yeah like that. that was probably my uh favorite part of the whole episode was that little fourth wall breaking moment um but the other stuff that i really liked about this episode was the abomination the emil blonsky stuff where we're seeing is this the first time we've seen Tim Roth since The Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I Cause, I yeah, really cause like saw Abomination, him. And, but not Tim Roth. Right. And I really like him as an actor. Um, so seeing him come back and play this role, which I think I've told you before, The Incredible Hulk is my least favorite Marvel film in all of the MCU. So things that are coming out of that, General Ross abomination tim roth those are some of the more um enjoyable aspects of that film but overall i just really don't like that um that movie so seeing tim roth in this new form and you know namaste he's trying to stay calm and um his seven pen pals which most likely is the thunderbolts um i like the way that this is going and then i really want to see what is that Shang-Chi connection of him doing yeah. the, the cage fights with Wong. You talked about uh, me with the timeline earlier. So this episode was great for helping pinpoint some timeline stuff because uh, we haven't said it yet, but like when she's looking for like jobs at the, in the one point of the episode, she's on that website and you see like, you see a few things. I won't, spoil some other stuff because i'm assuming that you want to bring some of the other stuff that was up on there but uh 
one of the things on there was, why is there a giant man in the middle of the ocean? So I was like, okay, this happens after Eternals. And this is like the first thing that's also addressed the fact that there's a huge celestial that like is breaking into the atmosphere in right. the ocean right. <laughs> since that came out. Uh, and then because of seeing that footage with Abomination, uh, kind of the same way that we saw like footage of like the Incredible Hulk near the end of Iron Man 2 that shows like some of that stuff's running concurrently. This seems to be happening concurrently to what was happening in Shang-Chi, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I have noticed some people have been pointing out if that's true, that there's a continuity break there. Although we haven't seen all nine episodes yet, but because uh, Banner shows up at the end of Shang-Chi back in his human form, right, wearing the cast again, wearing the um, that device that he had on his arm, that that wouldn't sync up. So the only thing I can think of there is that, like that footage that came out of Abomination, that's actually like stuff that happened like months ago, but someone mm -hmm. leaked it at this like current time, um, since we know that he's still at the Department of Damage Control. But, yeah, didn't they say he had escaped? Um, that was what came up on the news. Like, yeah, like I'm I think they think. were saying that, like, just based off of that, that footage. footage so, yeah, well, we'll see uh, in the I, next episode yeah. for sure they'll address that because that's the case that she's working. So, yeah, we'll we'll put a pin in that until next episode. But I'm very curious how that works out. Um, we know from the previews already that we're going to see Wong as well in the upcoming yeah. episodes. Um, so I'm actually Wong. probably. I'll probably do a Wong uh, short at, that you can find on YouTube, or if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram Reels, um, I'll probably be doing. I've been doing a lot of character spotlights, um, including Dreamer, which I put out today uh, from Supergirl. But I will be doing Wong and some other She-Hulk related characters coming up. I did Abomination as well, so check those out if you get a chance. But yeah, I think the the abomination stuff is going to be interesting just because of the the history in the past and is he going to stay a villain or is he going to be more sympathetic as it goes on because in this episode he was just I think pure sympathy like there wasn't anything yeah. that he was doing that made him seem evil or made him seem like a bad guy. He made a good argument for, you know, hey, they were I was just doing my job. That's what they told me to do. And then Taking that, you know, the super soldier serum plus the uh, the gamma rays kind of um, messed him up. So I was on his side, whereas previously, besides him being Tim Roth, that was the only thing I liked about Abomination or Emil Blonsky uh, from the previous movie. So um, have you what, what has been your thoughts, I guess, on Abomination as he's come from that movie? Uh, I enjoyed uh, the evolution, you know, both as kind of like the character as well as, you know, physically uh, with him going from having seemingly no ears to <laughs> having like his, his uh, comics accurate, like huge pointy yeah. thin that's what I ears. Like. Yeah. Uh, so that's just like the same way that the Hulk has evolved physically over like the past 10, 15 years or so within the universe. It, I mean, it would make sense that Abomination would as well. Uh, so that's interesting to see that with him. And uh, the other thing I was going to 
ask you is that you had said maybe Thunderbolts, but I also wonder if maybe I've seen some people, some people suggesting uh, Masters of Evil, too. Hmm. See, I think the only reason I say Thunderbolts specifically because he doesn't really give us much besides, oh, my seven pen pals or whatever, and even the number seven isn't necessarily like, oh, there's always seven in the Thunderbolts. The only reason why that fits for me, though, is because of uh, Valerie de, de La Fontaine, uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character setting up the Thunderbolts from all those previous movies. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes me think, oh, this has to be Thunderbolts, uh, just because the team is already getting set up. Just like Sam Jackson did with the Avengers, it was like, oh, we know that something's coming. So that's why I say that specifically. Um, no other reason besides we've seen it in previous movies to set it up. But yeah, that would be interesting um, for sure. Like I said, this one was a really short episode. Um, not a whole lot specifically, but the, actually one of the good things about having a short episode, there's not a, a lot of time to either <laughs> feel like there was um, filler or if, you know, feel like it was dragging, it was like, boom, 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 episodes over. And I was with it from start to finish. And the character that you just brought up is a great segue because specifically, like you said, the background website that she was pulling up, they had the Eternals uh, Easter egg on it. I also made a short about this that had a man in a bar fighting with metal claws. And that is a hundred percent. There is no mistaking. That is the first appearance of Wolverine in the MCU. And I could not be more excited. It means that right now mutants and the, the X-Men exist. Well, I shouldn't say the X-Men, but we know right now Logan is out there. And so he's most likely been out there for a while I've been, I don't know if I talked to you about this off mic, but that's the biggest thing for me is wondering how are they going to write both the Fantastic Four and the X-Men? How are they going to weave them into this timeline already where we've never heard of them? We've never heard of things happening in the background. So will they pull them from another multiverse? Will it be, oh, they've been here the whole time, but like a Doctor Strange type of, oh, we made you forget, or Professor Xavier. Yeah, something like that, where they hadn't necessarily been affecting world events, so we didn't know about them until now. But that's something that I'm I'm really interested to see, because I know Marvel's going to pull, you know, whatever they choose to do, it's going to be something interesting. It's not going to be like, oh, that was, boo. I, I can't see them not making it make sense. Yeah. So w were you excited when you saw that, um, that Wolverine? Yeah, I thought, I thought that was interesting, especially cause it more or less kind of describes how we initially met mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman yeah. uh, in the, in the first X-Men movie right. that Kevin Feige worked on. Yes. Way back when he was a lowly production assistant. Yeah. But. Yeah. That, that's interesting too. So like, it almost like shows like the, similarly to how we met you know like the andrew garfield and Tommy mcguire peter parker's in no way home how they're the same but different where like 
maybe whoever is going to end up being Logan, Wolverine, James, uh, in, yeah, in like this universe, maybe they had some of those same experiences that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman Wolverine had, uh, but slightly, you know, changed as well. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to see exactly how they do it. Um, and hopefully D23, we will get our first announcement of something X related. So stay tuned because that is not too far away. We're, we're coming up very fast on uh, Disney Plus Day and uh, the D23 Expo. So stay tuned to the comic book Kaiju because we will definitely be covering it over here. Um, Mr. Vibbert, thank you very much for joining us. And perhaps we will have to call upon you again for future MCU-related projects because we need an MCU expert and we need the strongest Avengers. So we might be calling on the services of Mr. Vibbert again. But before we get out of here, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you on the internet this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, So side note to that really quick, if, if and when, well, we know Daredevil will show up. I just finally finished season three of, of that. I know it's ended a while ago, but I was doing that to catch up so I'd be current for when he does show up in yes, G-Hulk. But yes. yes, the other places you can find me are uh, animationfascination.net. Find all the episodes of that animation-focused podcast there. Uh, the most recent episode for that focused on uh, DC League of Super Pets, Film, as well as the uh, Apple TV Plus uh, Skydance Animation Movie Luck. Nice. And then tomorrow for when you and I are recording this. So August 31st, uh, I'll be recording a new episode of The Hold'em Maneuver, which will be discussing an animated thing, the, the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that'll be that episode. And then course and or in a few weeks when that starts too so those are all the places you can find holdo pod and animation fascination very nice uh you can also find myself on a couple of different podcasts we have the return of technological which is a star trek based podcast as well as the sandbox gamers which is a video game podcast and this week we're going to be talking about the Cowabunga Collection, which just came out today. So we're going to be talking about that on the Sandbox Gamers this week. Uh, so be looking forward to that. And I want to let everybody know, if you are enjoying the artwork for this episode, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you find your podcast, it is courtesy of the strongest Avenger MCU expert, Mark Vibbert. So if you are, like I said, if you like any of the artwork, leave a comment down below here on YouTube or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and let us know what you think about Mr. Vibber's graphic design skills. So thank you very much to Mr. Vibber for all of the fantastic artwork. I could not be happier with everything that we've been putting out here. So we will continue to showcase his talents uh, like I said, here on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast player of choice in the little square box in the artwork. So thank you very much. Mark Vibbert loves comics, and you should too. 